0: Hello and welcome to Real REE Film Review, straightforward film reviews. I give you my view and I've even read some other people's reviews and I'll give you my view of their view and I'll go on and on and on. In today's podcast, I'll give you my bird's eye view, so a non-plot spoiler, of The Fableman's Babylon Plane, Knock at the Cabin. So I give you a quick sort of um, summary of the film, its plot, storyline, a discussion about the characters maybe, uh, some things that work or don't work, and then no. I'll sum up with a pithy summary of the film and my review rating, which goes from, yay, at the top to it's alright, a typical understatement, maybe, mm, in the middle, meh, just below middle, if you have to, nay, and lastly, never. So let's get straight into... um, Let me know what you think first, uh, via the usual streams and means. If you've never given feedback or a comment before, don't worry, just start the conversation. I'd love to hear your feedback about the film, about the podcast, whether you agree, disagree. Send me your views, either through your podcast host provider or the Twitter account, real at real film aco spelt r-e-e instagram real film review facebook real film review plus group page where you'll find the links to my rating scales and other little bits and bobs that i've put on there get into the Fablemans, uh, rating 12 a description young sammy Fableman falls in love with movies after his parents take him to see the greatest show on earth armed with a camera sammy starts to make his own films at home much to the delight of his supportive mother and so what we got here is uh, it was introduced when i watched it in the cinema it was a bit strange because steven spielberg came up on the screen but the, the house lights were still on uh, and so it felt a bit weird as if we had a QA session at the beginning but recorded anyway someone went out and the house lights went down so um it felt like a proper film um it is amazing how much the, the house lights can make a difference I do remember going to a see the workings of the projection room way back in the early 90s. And this is when they had projectionists, presumably now it's just someone who presses play, I don't know. Um, tell me if, if you work in there and, and let me know. And before the main feature of the film, obviously the, I say obviously, it's never obviously, the house lights dipped, um, uh, dimmed, and then the curtain would close and open again. And somebody asked, the, the uh, we've been shown around on some little, little, little work group, and uh, why do you um, close the uh, curtains and open them again? And the guy and uh, genuinely answered like this, just for the visual effect. Uh, anyway, so the film starts off, and its um, I really liked it. It's a couple of phases of young Sammy's life. starts off with him very, very young, and um, you get to see the opposites of his parents almost straight away. The, the father is very technical, um, he's a future computer um, a whiz, and uh, which results in uh, the family uh, moving across the States as he gets um, better and better jobs, and he makes and repairs things. And then there's, this, there's his mother with the, uh, quote, artistic temperament, and we, we find out later in the film she's um, a pianist and could have been at, at a very high level doing that. Now, uh, there's also his sisters, um, kid sisters at first, and they grow up a little bit. Um, They're very, very well cast, utterly adorable as we go through this. Other characters such as the disapproving mother-in-law and the family friend Benny or Uncle Benny. Now we see very early on in the story um, the father sidelined early on by by his wife and we find that that Benny is not a relative. So very early on you have that tension uh, and the dilemma that develops there. Uh, Now Sammy develops his uh, filmmaking and love of it through his mother who responds to the nightmare that he got from watching *Greater Show on Earth, Train Crash, uh, in order for him to control the events. And so what we have is a, a classic sort of motif, the film within a film, the play within a play, the story within a story. Um, and a lot of this concentrates on control. And we see the young Sammy as he gets older, concentrating on editing and wanting a new machine, and that's what his dad gets him. Um, even though he doesn't, the the trailer gives the 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 point of view. I thought anyway that that somebody in his family, and you think, is this his father? Is very disapproving of him, of him filmmaking, and then. And so I'm going to go to what one reviewer has said. Um, quote: While Spielberg avoids the easy soapy conflict, such a situation, such as his parents uh, slowly um, becoming further and further apart, could lead to. There are barely any moments of characters raising their voices. He also avoids showing us the bigger, messier picture. The trauma of depression, bullying, anti-Semitism, divorce and infidelity never seems that traumatic here, made to look like they're all part of a crisp, handsome postcard set by cinematographer Janusz Kaminski. Well, yeah, haven't you seen some Spielberg movies? I mean, some do um have look into the emotional trauma of things but not on issues like this it's it's if in this review every emotional story leads to an outburst bullying difficulties in marriage infidelity anti-semitism prejudice as if all people this review treats are highly strung and sort out the unniceties of life by shouting, or pushing and shoving, or having a meltdown, or just screaming and shouting and crying. And they don't. Um, and this film really, really shows it. The film moves from phase to phase in Sammy F's life. That's Sammy Fableman's life. It's a tale about trying to control something, while at the same time having no control over what appears in that story, uh, in his case. So, for example, he makes a last day of school um, film uh, shown in some kind of ball or party, a valedictory, I think they call it, and this is all shown with everybody there and portrays some of the characters in the story and in the school, both in a golden light and a not so golden light, with repercussions for both. And he is confronted by one of the characters and said, why did you make me look like that? And he said, no, I didn't. That's the way that you are. I'm, I'm paraphrasing badly here. But that's part of this film. It's not a misery memoir. Not everything has to be traumatic in the way that it's shown in a lot of things these days. So, if you think it's supposed to be more gritty and realistic, then watch a real bio docu. Um, I suggest All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. I'll be reviewing that very soon, putting it on tomorrow. Um, It may be too long, and it is 2 hours 30, I think, maybe even 40, but at least it has a plot you can follow, characters that are believable, even if they don't shout and lose their emotions. Uh, There's one part with his sisters, and I think it's in the middle phase. What what we have is Sammy very young and then a, a very young sister. And, and a sister on the way and then the next phase of his life where he's a little bit older and, and his sisters are uh, very very small there. and that's when he really gets into the filmmaking you see that in the trailer where they dress themselves up as mummies with toilet paper uh, and then you have them a little bit older then as well and, there, and there's just one great scene in there where sammy is is, is losing his temper but in a, in a controlled way with his mother he's becoming increasingly increasingly frustrated with her and things happen, and there's one point where, I, I can't remember what the exact dialogue of, of this part is, but basically, you know, I'm going to do something to you, he said to the sister, and the other sister eggs him on, yeah, go on. And, and you know, it's not nice, that's what sisters are like, and brothers and families, um, but not in an over-the-top way, just in a really, I don't know, the way, way that I thought, yeah, these guys are are not just acting a family they they really are showing it very 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 well um you know what's happening in the film from the dialogue and the action rather than being thrust into a i would say non realistic script where people's diction is not clear and we go, nothing I hate more than just mumbling away, not even facing the camera or or purposely supposed to be. Um, if you want a film where the actions uh, are baffling and the audience is left to figure out too much, if, if you like that kind of film, don't watch this one. It's a good story. Uh, it's not amazing, but there are enough performances put to portray real people and the difficulties of any family with additional characters. There's a, a bit, there's a sort of almost cameo part. Uncle Boris comes into the family and uh, sets things um, alight for for young Sammy. Uh, The director at the end, I'm not gonna give anything away there. Uh, And what the film does is, this is a filmmaker making a film about a filmmaker, himself um, semi-autobiographical. It shows the craft of using stillness sometimes. Um, Sound, but not too much, especially that last scene. (laughs) The sound is great in that. Um, shot-setting and neither treating the audience as imbeciles or self-deluding that you're making a timeless masterpiece. It's, I would say, like taking a walk with somebody without your hand being pulled, being led along willingly, and before you know it you're going through the most interesting part of town that you never thought was interesting. So my pithy summary would be stories within stories, movies within movies, and families. Who can figure them out? Review rating, maybe two. It's all right if you want a good story, if you want good acting, if you want a plot, if you want a, a visually clear and a dialogue clear film that you want to enjoy. It is a little bit too long, maybe, but it's maybe too all right. Moving on to Knock at the Cabin, rated 15. Here's an overview. The basic premise is a young girl, eight years old, and her adoptive parents, played by Dave Bautista and Jonathan Groff, are on vacation in a woodland with a nearby lake in the middle of nowhere. And four people arrived, all tooled up, and give them a choice of what they must do in order to save humanity that's my take on it i think other sort of pithy uh synopsis will say um in order to stop the apocalypse so i can't pinpoint what doesn't work here i i i, I liked it i suppose it, it wasn't objectionable the casting is interesting leonard as the head intruder or, or the, the four people that arrive at the cabin is an intriguing comparison um, when he meets their daughter, uh, Wen, who's the, the eight-year-old uh, girl uh, in the woods near the cabin. And so that, that's interesting, because he's such a great big hulk of a man. And the four characters that turn up are, are all um, are different. I don't feel like there's been a diversity panel on here or anything like that. Um, they're, they're quite an interesting bunch. Um, but I, just the question, I, I, maybe this worked as a book. But the apocalypse, really? Why? Why them? Why, why, why that family? Why those four people? Why now? OK, some of those questions are answered, but I, I suppose you could see that coming or, or, you, or you think, oh yeah, no, they are that, aren't they? But there's there's also something about the casting of uh, Jonathan Groff as as a parent, as one of the parents. And it took me ages to realise I'd seen him, not in a film, but in a Netflix series called Mindhunter. And so maybe because I've seen him before in that role. Um, But he just has an ethereal look. As if he's about to go off, and not in a good way, not necessarily in a bad way, just in a way I didn't get and it was off-putting. But it's like he's just going to go off and do something a little bit implausible or strange. Um, Like just suddenly get a set of golf clubs out of a car and play a good round. Or, or equally, just stare and ask awkward, weird, penetrating questions of somebody. And I, I, I don't know why I have those reactions, but that's the reaction his character gave me. It was almost like he was disconnected. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad performance at all. I think it's exactly what somebody wanted, maybe the director, in order to portray com- quite convincingly the. The little fo- not foibles of his character, but the development of his character, I suppose it shows that, but there was just something distracting about it, um, like I say, but maybe that's what attracted uh, the, the casting to him. Anyway, I, I just didn't think it, 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 it built suspense much, it, it, it did, it wasn't bad but too much just doesn't roll. And there's just uh, too many little things. I I, mean, this seems really, really petty. Some things did work, it wasn't all of them, but um, they flick the TV on to show the news. And, you know, obviously it comes on straight away. I say, obviously, because that's the film, obviously. They they don't come on straight away. They wind up, you have to press the source button, except all that kind of thing. Anyway, it goes on to BBC News and they're showing the news and then the TV switched off and then it switched on again. And it's immediately on to Reuters. Now we know this doesn't happen. The TV goes back to the same channel it was on when it was turned off. Nothing's that easy. You, you could have worked those little things into the plot a little bit more. Um, there are lots of other little things. I just I can't remember what they were, but they just, they just seem to stack up. But some things did like the opening credits and the little doodles and the sketches. So it's, I, I feel a bit harsh um, saying that these these things don't stack up. Um, and, and they kind of bugged me. Uh, but there just wasn't enough um, character development. I mean, these, these two guys have, uh, have adopted a young baby. Um, a little bit was made of that. But there was, uh, yeah, no, it's just, oh. So pithy summary, four people go ape in a cabin. Can the apocalypse be prevented? Uh, yeah. So review rating, meh if you have to. Um, but the world can be saved another day and time. Move on to plane rated 15. So, Pilot Brody Torrance saves passengers from a lightning strike by making a risky landing on a war-torn island only to find that surviving the landing was just the beginning. So I'm gonna have a look at a few things that were said about this film in a second, but this is what it is. It's a film about a plane, its crash, the ensuing danger, and escape. Plot spoiler alert, but we kind of know that's going to happen. You cannot miss that from the poster. And if you're going in to see this movie, you know it's called Play. You must do. And so really, you must have seen the poster, at least the poster. Now, I go into movies not knowing a whole lot. I try not to arrive too early for other films, just because I can't sit through all the interminable adverts and the trailers for other films. But I mean, they're interesting sometimes. But if you've seen the trailer for this, it shows it, it is what it is. But even if you've not seen the trailer, you can look at the poster, and if you see nothing else about the film, then you can tell it's an action film with two guys who look like they've been through a little bit of a scuffle on the front, looking quite mean. So there seems to be, and I, I, there seems to be some hilarity about the title. Uh, unfortunately, I delved into Twitter. I don't really know how to use these things. I, I say I'm using them on this podcast. It's my first sort of real sort of no, it's not real dip into it. Um, I just, it's a way of communicating, isn't it? But then there's some people who occupy Twitter. And I followed a whole thread, I think they're called, of people who said, I laughed out loud in the cinema when I saw the name of the, tra- of the film after the trailer. Good for you. well done. you can look down your nose at what's called an exploitation movie. And, and I, yes, I think it is supposed to be funny. It is intentional. You can have a little bit of nuance and fun. It's not, it's not aeroplane or anything like that it's not a satire it's not a comedy but there's some little comedic bits within action i suppose it the the the, the title is intentional it's an action movie what would you prefer uh, a says nothing title like tar or a title that references the underlying narcissism i mean degeneracy of the subject matter like babylon coming up or just a one word title that tells you about the film so here's a critic's view. This is interesting. Quote. Everything you need to know about plane can more easily be summed up by Butler's absurd character name, Brodie Torrance, something one would expect to find in a half-price airport pot boiler. He's a salt-of-the-earth Scottish pilot whose character can best be described as pilot tasked with flying a tiny number of passengers on a new year's flight from Singapore to Tokyo, Anyone who has been on a plane in the last two years will find the large number of empty seats to be the most far-fetched thing about the film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you've flown on New Year's Eve? That's in the plot. There are times when planes are almost deserted. I've been on planes, I've been on them. Yeah, okay, maybe it's a bit far-fetched. Really? Is it? It's an exploitation movie, like I say. The scene is set. This review is about as obnoxious as two of the obnoxious male passengers on the plane um, who, who you know you're just supposed to find nauseating and you, and you do, I'm sorry to say, I do want to see a fist flying into their face. That doesn't happen because they're the passengers that Brody, Brody. saves. Uh, one with a face that looks like a talking, slapped arse, and the other a moaning, whining, and he just happens to be Southerner. Sorry, Southern people. But he's just an A-class, prize-annoying turd of a man. Uh, yet, and here's the thing about the the, the film, um, they're still saved. He doesn't give a damn about who his passengers are, who's gonna save them. And and it, it's a... I'm not saying he's a hero. It, it's an action movie. There's no big underlying theme of the film that isn't out front. But if you don't even mention them, but can get upset about the believability of a perfectly normal name. Never heard of Sam Torrance, I think, the golfer. I'm not into golf. And you think that an empty plane is unbelievable. Then I, I, what films have you been watching? Um, in the film, the, the cost-cutting technocrat with his dictat. And before the flight sets off, and you know, this is set up uh, to f- to fly over the storm, you know, as it said later. Is he a meteorologist? Um, the no nonsense cut down of him by the director of operations, who comes in to rescue the plane. The flawed hero and heroes of the piece. Um, you know, Brody has a, a bad temper in the past. It's not a bad temper. He lays out a passenger who I can't remember now why, but it is very very funny and the director of operation comes in and and finds this out about the pilot that he's having to deal with to try and get these passengers and the crew safe, and says, I like the look of this man. It's it's unashamed, gunfire, brutal violence, bad guys who are utterly repulsive with no shred of humanity or empathy. Roll it all up with a bit of redemption along with a bag full of bounty at the end. And yeah, there's probably too much shooting to be credible. It's a film. There's fights, there's punching, grappling, etc., stabbings, rolling about. There's the daughter who's well, it kind of saves the day. There's the desperate phone calls, there's the ingenuity of the situation. There's there's people being stoical. Um, there's characters you invest in who are seemingly real people. The crew, the way that they all—you can imagine. Uh, I, hey, tell me if I'm wrong, and you are a cabin crew or uh, work on a plane in any capacity. Um, But you get the sense of people with normal lives, normal characters, annoying people. What do you want? Um, An emotional interrogation into motives and a quote, a savage yet acutely sincere character study that's slathered in a million shades of grey. So says IndieWire about Tar. Um, Do you want something like that, yet has no purpose in entertaining you? Well, I, I went along, I felt thoroughly entertained. Uh, I, well, I wished it could carry on a little bit longer. I wanted the bad guys to be shot up and I wanted them to be shot up badly. I wanted the good guys to, to win. I wanted the crew in all their um, positives and negatives to be saved. It it It's just what it was. Um, or maybe it's because it has a heroic, stoic and, and strong character in Brodie and Lewis, uh, Mike Coulter who plays a convict on the plane who uh, Brody turns to. Uh, the cabin crew are quite stoical they um, uh, see some some things not everybody has a meltdown it, 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 you know is—is—is is, is it all that that the reviewers look down their nose at? So my pithy summary and it's perfect for a pithy summary. Heroic pilot saves the day and gets the bad guys killed and um, review rating it's all right Yeah, you know, if you don't don't like the look of the poster, don't go and see it. It doesn't pretend to be anything else. So if you want some fun, don't mind the shooting, like a bit of action, this fits the bill. Okay, on to Babylon, and it's an 18 rating. Here's what IMDB says. A tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess, it traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. Hmm, let's see, it follows the story of some characters, like it says, making their way in early Hollywood in the move from, talkies, uh, from silent films to talkies. There's Manny, uh, the, the, the fixer, the guy who wants to get into the movies, but he's not uh, an actor or a producer or a director. Well, he becomes that. He just wants to be there. Um, and and it's one of the two saving graces of the film made it barely watchable. Um, there's Nelly Laroy, uh, the wannabe actress. Jack Conrad, who's on his way out. Sydney, the musician, picks up his story as well um there's a journalist some other people i don't care about and some other people i don't really care about um where can i start the opening scene um here's 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 a quote here's a quote i think it's from one of the broadsheets most staggeringly we have Manny wrangling an elephant to be delivered to a colossal decadent party where there is to be a Roscoe Arbuckle style crisis. One plutocrat doing drugs and pervy activity with a young woman in a private room panics when she loses consciousness, and he and his hard-faced minders use the elephant as a diversionary tactic. I don't know why I'm using that voice, but I I don't know if that is supposed to, well, it, it is a positive review. And I would say it sums up everything about the film that I found utterly repulsive. Almost from the the first opening line, note of music, everything about it. Um, Here's the thing. Excrement, urine, the F word, drugs, music, vomit, etc. That doesn't equal decadence. We know nothing about these people. All we know is it's the movies and they have money. So here's the opening scene. He's trying to get an elephant to this um, what looks like a big mansion fortress on the top of a hill in a desert like landscape no we we don't know where this at first. this is what where the elephant ends up, but he's trying to get an elephant across a very difficult place out in the middle of nowhere and <sighs> I'm trying to explain something that's just it's supposed to, I, I think it's supposed to be hilarious. um just the whole setup. Oh, I thought it was a horse, it's an elephant ah. there's nothing comedic in this uh, in this scene. They get stuck getting pulled up. A mountain with an elephant in a trailer, and so they have to lose weight and so the guy throws the hay on the elephant, which makes it and um, defecate. and this is hilarious apparently like, I, I, it just it starts off spraying manure on you and just carries on through the film. We go to the party oh, described by the same reviewer i think many razzle dazzle set pieces help lift a story in no hurry to engage with the true life nastiness of its era really you've just written about it um with the uh uh, roscoe Arbuckle style crisis and basically um no one gives a damn about anyone else all they give a damn about are themselves not even the main characters in the film Like, like i say manny seems to have some scrap of humanity, or just maybe he's just got a nice look. And uh, Brad Pitt's character is is for me the standout, the thing that you thought that well, this, he plays this character with depth, uh, and it's interesting because he plays um, a fading star whose time has come. Uh, he does that very very well. I'm I'm not saying anything against Brad Pitt. He he has the uh, what I would call the skills to command and drive a character on uh, um, and there is that one bit that they use in the trailer where he falls off a balcony smashes onto a, a sloping roof and falls into the pool and you think he's dead and then suddenly revises and then says I'm after bed," and uh, that's almost the only comedic bit in the entire film and that didn't even raise uh, the, the corner of my mouth even when I saw it in the review in the uh, trailer I thought how cliche. I, I, I say cliché a lot because there are so many clichés. Um, so the, the the set pieces, right, there's a big party in the mansion and everybody's just constantly dancing all the time and they've got amazing wacky costumes and there's masks and people on stilts and flags in the air and they're all scantily clad and always drinking and then the stereotype party music which goes on for about half of the film. When you realise this film is about three hours long. It starts to get on your nerves, and you realise it's cut and edited to elicit no response or connection to anyone, anybody to anybody else. Is, 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 is that the, is that, I, I would say, the narcissism of Hollywood, um, but this talks about the debauchery and the decadence. That's not debauchery and decadence. Um, so it's all so clever and it's so amazing and, and, and then when they go on to the film set they arrive on the set and it's out in the middle of nowhere and there's all these film sets going on and there's dwarfs and people on stilts and people running around. Amazing wacky things happen. It's all one shot. Oh isn't this amazing. Oh, And then uh, I, 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 there's one maybe good bit where Manny manages to get the last camera in town and uh, the Brad Pitt character is able to do his part, and it's yeah, despite drinking an absolute shed load of whiskey. Um, I don't know, it uh, then there's a bit where they, they, they start doing talkies and they keep getting it wrong on the set uh, because of the audio, they're not used to it, and people make a noise and things happen, and, and then things go wrong on the set. and. This goes on and is repeated and on and on and on. And the guy who's the director, I don't, I, I don't know who's who, to be honest, I don't care. But there's a guy sort of maybe directing the scene. Uh, oh, somebody dies because they suffocate because of the heat, and there's no notice taken of that. Um, but he says at one point, if anybody else makes a noise, I will excrement in your mouth. And uh, somebody laughed at that line. And there's nothing funny about that. I like a bit of language, I like a bit of obscenity, I like something really gross and indecent, when it's funny. Um, It's a film with no humour other than Pitt as the fading star whose time has come, Um, and, and, and no substance at all, literally full of excrement, urine and vomit. I felt for no one at any time at all it would be easy to, to, to sound off on this and say Babylon and on and on and on, I think other people have done that. I would just say more like Babyloth. Pithy summary. Some obscene characters make obscenities in an obscene industry. Shock. Horror. No, it's not even fun or funny. Review rating. Never. It's a turgid offering that only succeeded in making my backside ache, and I genuinely wasn't bothered by checking the football score, yep, in the cinema, we lost, by the way, during the film. Okay, thanks very much. Coming up, more reviews of Japanese anime, Sword Art Online Progressive, sketch show of Deep Night, also Ennis Man, a Cornish folk horror, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, I referenced earlier as a bio doc, uh, The last wish. Thanks very much, and love to hear your feedback. And uh, for you to listen to uh, more podcasts, uh, go to uh, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe from. And I'll be posting more soon. Thanks very much.